Welcome back to Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. Every week, we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional growth so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles empowering us to build a great life. Last week, we talked about tenacity and diligence. This week, we listened to 23 podcasts, but unfortunately, there was really only one that stood out. So we wanna try something a little different and share some thoughts from a trip to DC, a podcast, and a documentary. As always, the anonymous feedback link is at the bottom of the show notes. Please let us know if you like this type of different format and we'll try to do it some more. Thanks. This past week, I was really lucky to spend some time, a couple of days, in my favorite city outside of Utah, Washington, D.C. I was there for a work trip. We're working on the next Air Force One, so we're working to make sure that it meets the requirements and is ready for the president. And I was really lucky to get to know and work with the current presidential pilot of Air Force One. He's a really good guy. He was surprisingly humble, and I had to pull some of these leadership lessons out of him, but just wanted to share three things that I learned from him and his example. The first one was when we got to the conference that we were working at, he thanked us for every single aspect of traveling, driving to the airport, the bad airport food, the rental car bus, and the time away from family. And it was such a powerful moment because it showed that someone as important as him understood our situation and understood our sacrifice. And I thought that was a great leadership lesson to thank people and be grateful for what others are giving. The second lesson that I loved was he talked about how we do the small things is shows how we'll do the big things. And what he meant by that and what he said was, on Air Force One, if they give a cup of coffee to the president that is cold or is bad, then the president or the senior leader that they're serving won't trust them to do something bigger. So if the Air Force goes to the president and says, hey, we can do this humanitarian mission that is very complex and difficult, but if we can't even deliver them a good cup of coffee, then the senior leader won't have any trust in us to do the big thing. And again, that was such a great principle and reminder that if we want more responsibility, if we want more impact, we have to do those small things really well so that we can get the trust necessary to do the bigger things. And the last lesson that he taught me that I really liked was he said, don't look backward, focus forward. And what he meant by that, I asked him how it was to fly the president, and he said, physically, when he flies Air Force One, he has to focus forward. He said when he starts thinking about what is behind him and who he is flying, it distracts him. But when he just thinks about doing his job and focusing forward, he can fly to the best of his ability. And I really like that idea. I think it's a great metaphor that in life it can be so easy to focus on things in the past, stuff that's behind us. And we can have regret or we can become stressed about other things. But if we just focus on our job and what's in front of us, 
then we can have the biggest impact and we can help those around us. After work, I was really lucky to go and explore some of DC. And I've lived there for a couple summers doing different uh, internships. And it was still such a special place. And I just want to share a couple of thoughts that I had as I was going around and seeing the monuments. And my favorite place in DC is Arlington National Cemetery. As I was driving there, the traffic was bad and people were honking their horns and it just seems like people are stressed and, and they're understandably trying to get home to family. So I'm not judging them. But when I got there, I was it's just so amazing to, there's still a lot of people on the main path, but it just takes, you just have to go off the main path a little bit and you can find so much peace and quiet there and it's so beautiful and I think and I was trying to think about why I love it so much and I'm still thinking about it but a couple of things came to mind and I think the main one is that it always reminds me what really matters and it was so interesting to see that there were the highest ranking generals buried next to the lowest ranking soldiers and to me that was another metaphor and it showed me that that higher position that we might be striving for, it's not everything. That in the long term, it's not really gonna matter what position we have, but it will matter what we can contribute and how we can fulfill the role that is given to us. And I, and I always love to see the wives that are buried next to their husbands. And it's such a powerful reminder of how many people have sacrificed for our country and how many people saw something worth fighting for and worth dying for. And I'm not trying to be negative or dramatic, but I just always love going there because I think it shows what's best about our country and what really can unite us and bring us together. And I don't want to get too much into politics, but I hope that the leaders of our country, the men and women, I hope they're able to go to Arlington and to while they're there, I was kept thinking about what those men and women would think about what is currently going on. And I think when we can remember their legacies and their examples, we can know better how to act in the future. I just wanted to share a couple more thoughts from two other monuments. Another reason I love Arlington so much is because it's right by the United States Marine Corps Memorial. And that's the, there's statues of the iconic moment and picture when Marines raised the US flag on Iwo Jima after the horrible battle that was fought there. And I never noticed it before, but there's a really powerful quote on one side that says, uncommon valor was a common virtue. And I love that thought that back then, and, and I think it's still around now, but back then there were so many men and women who were so incredibly brave and willing to sacrifice everything for our country, for the freedoms and the happiness and the opportunity that they knew that our country could give to us. And the other memorial that stood out to me was the World War II Memorial. And I loved a quote that I found there. It's from Walter Lord. And he said, talking about the Battle of Midway, 
He said they had no right to win, yet they did. And in doing so, they changed the course of a war. Even against the greatest of odds, there's something in the human spirit, a magic blend of skill, faith, and valor that can lift men from certain defeat to incredible victory. The one podcast that did stand out from this week comes from The Minimalists, and they did an episode on positive thinking. And I really liked a couple of messages that they shared. They said, when you go through a really hard time, find your hope. Look for things about the future that can make it better. So I'm a big believer in living in the present, but I also think that we can look forward to the future. And like they said, we can find those good things that will make it better. And when we're going through our hardest moments, we can remember one of the famous sayings that this too shall pass. Whether it's good or bad, everything in life is gonna change. And so if we're really struggling, we can find hope and peace and strength in knowing that times are going to get better. They also said the goal of life is not to be happy, but to be emotionally versatile. And what I think they meant by this is it's sometimes the lows that make us really appreciate the highs. And it helps us to enjoy those moments as well. So they weren't advocating that we should always just be happy, go lucky, but they were saying that we can still find moments that will make us, that can help us to be positive and to help others around us as well. And something we've talked about before on the podcast is they've done studies and they found that our emotions are contagious. And so I think it's so powerful to think about how when we are positive, we can share that with others. And if we're feeling down and if we're struggling, we can surround ourselves with positive people that will lift us up. And the last point from this podcast, it was really interesting. They said, we mistake pleasure for payoff. They said, pleasure is short term, that nobody ever says a month later, they're so happy they ate that that chocolate cake. I was telling Sarah about this and she said, I do, I love chocolate cake, but, but I, I still really like the principle that often in the moment we can be so happy that we're having another dessert or we can be so happy and looking for that pleasure, but in a week or a month, we don't look back and we're not necessarily grateful that we did those things. They said the real payoff comes from the struggle and striving for something greater. The last thing we wanted to share from this week is a documentary on Netflix called The Iron Cowboy. It's about James Lawrence, who wanted to test his physical and mental limits and raise money for charity, so he decided to complete 50 Ironman races in 50 days in 50 states. And just to put this incredible attempt in perspective, one Ironman race is 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 miles of cycling, and it finishes with a full 26.2 mile marathon. 
This is a bucket list item that most people work their whole life to do just one. And James was attempting to do 50. And before I go any further, there was some controversy that it, the documentary talked about. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. If, if you don't want it to be ruined, please just end the podcast here. Uh, but it's, it's more than just the controversy. It's, it's about seeing James's journey that's really the best part of the show. And so the two things it talked about that were controversial, the first was for one, one day, James was so beat up physically that he did the run portion on an elliptical. And so obviously this would never count for a true Ironman race. But James wasn't competing against anyone else. He was competing against himself. And he was just trying to push himself to find his potential. And another controversial part of it was that he used IVs for hydration, which is used a lot of times when people finish an Ironman, they'll be given an IV because they're so dehydrated and beat up. And so James, after doing this day after day, started using those to help him finish. And so I'm not going to make a judgment call on those two things. I think that's up to you. But I did think it was interesting how negative people were. And, and I thought that, at least in my opinion, here's a man who's trying to push himself. He's trying to raise money for charity. And people kept trying to tear him down. Someone once said, I forget who, but I heard a speech once and the person said there's two kinds of people, those who tear others down and those who build them up. And at least for me, even if the one Iron Man didn't count that James did because of the elliptical, he still did 49 more Ironmans than I've ever done in my life. So I don't want to be critical, I don't want to be negative, I really just want to try to lift up the incredible thing that James did. Because logistically, it was really an amazing feat that he was able to do this. I mean, think of, it would be difficult to travel to all 50 states in 50 days without doing an Ironman in each one. And to make it happen, he started in Hawaii early in the morning and he finished the Ironman race, then he immediately flew to Alaska and worked his way across the United States. And to make this even more amazing, James did all of this with his wife and five children. My favorite part was he talked about how he was doing it to be a good example for his children and how that's what gave him the strength to push through. Because James averaged only four and a half hours of sleep every night. So when he should have been recovering and getting lots of sleep, he would instead hop into the van or the RV and it would, they would drive to the next state. And because of this, James was so tired that he routinely fell asleep while riding his bike. He said that in only three seconds, he could be asleep and snoring on his bike, which obviously is not a good thing while you're riding a bike. And it led to him having a really bad crash in Tennessee when he was only partway done with this amazing journey. And when I was watching the documentary, I thought that James had always been an incredible athlete. 
And we were shocked when he said that his first race was only a 5K, which is only three miles. And he said that he barely finished. Then his wife forced him to do a marathon and he hated it. But he didn't give up. He tried triathlons and he loved them and he stuck with them. And as he continued to work on it and to sacrifice his time and effort, he became better and better at them. And so in closing, the Iron Cowboy to me was an incredible example of how to push through pain to find our potential. We hope these tactics and tools about positive thinking help you or someone you know this week to build a great life. Thank you again for the reviews and sharing the podcast, and thank you for listening. We know you're really busy, and it means a lot that you're here. We started this, and we're doing this to hopefully just help someone, and it means a lot, and we can't say how excited we are to see this grow and become bigger, but we really want to just focus on trying to help someone. So if we can change anything or improve to do that, please let us know. So thanks again. We'll see you on Friday. We'll hopefully, not hopefully, we will have a book review of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. There'll probably be some late nights getting it done, but it'll hopefully help you out and be somewhat decent. But thanks again for being here, and we'll see you on Friday. Mm -hmm.